All right? So we're looking at um, continuing our series, Big Mistake, Lesson Learned. And um, we're going to be looking at uh, Jonah, in the book of Jonah. We're going to be um, tackling the subject, you can run, but you can't hide. Okay? Yeah. Has you heard that saying? Have you used that saying with your kids or something? You know, you can run, but you can't hide. I know how to get in every door of the house. All right, so we're going to look at that. And, that. and that's a saying that I've heard ever since I was a kid. And I was wondering, what does that, what is, where does that saying come from? I did a little research. Um, uh, the former boxer, late boxer, uh, Joe Lewis, uh, was um, having a boxing uh, match with a guy by the name Billy Kahn back in the 40s. And um, Billy was being interviewed by a newspaper and they say, so Billy, how are you going to fight Joe? Are you, what, what you going to do? He said, well, I'm going to hit and run. I'm going to hit him and then I'm going to run. And then, <laughs> so they, they told Joe Lewis that. They said, well, Billy said he's going to hit you and he's going to run. And Joe said, well, he can run, but he can't hide. So, I'll catch him. I'll find him in the ring. Don't worry. And so someone came up to me after the 9 o'clock service and told me the rest of the story. And they said, yeah, the rest of the story is that um, Billy was really beating Joe. Um, he was beating him in, in, in the fight. He had him, you know, all the, um, the, all the um, I almost said innings, not innings, um, rounds, rounds, all the rounds. Um, he had Joe, and all he had to do was do what he was doing, but he got cocky. He got cocky, and he said, I'm going to go in there and knock him out. And he ended up getting knocked out. So, you know, so that, that to me, I said, oh, thank you for sharing it, because that's a good lesson. So don't get cocky, folks. <laughs> don't get cocky, all right? Because you be, ended up getting knocked out, okay? Do what you do. Do through Christ. Don't get fancy. Don't get cute with it. Just do what God has given you to do. Do it right, right? But just don't run from God, because you can't hide, right? And we all do that. We all run. God says go right and we go left. God says go up, we go down. Okay? God says be quiet and you, we open our mouth. Okay? So let's do what God says do. And we're going we're gonna to look at Jonah and see his experience and what happened. All right? So Jonah chapter 1. Grab your Bibles, your iPhones, your iPads, your iPods, or your eyeglasses. <laughs> And uh, turn to Jonah 1. So this story of, about Jonah is, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's a major story in the, the Christian learning and um, the Christian history. Um, you know, running and, and not hiding. It basically telling us that we can't escape from what we fear. Eventually, we're going to have to face it. Okay, so that's a true thing that we all have to realize. So. Bear with me as I teach this morning because I have a sinus thing going on. So there's a lot of movement happening. And so I have my towel. So I'm either going to do this or I'm going to do this. All right. Hope I don't do this and that. But uh, <laughs> bear with me with the sniffles. Okay. I will try my best not to sniffle so much. But, you know, it's life. Right? Okay, thank you. So, to, um, we, I know we, we don't have all believers. Some, there's some um, non-believers in here this morning. So, uh, this is a tough story to grasp. 
Um, even for some believers, it's a tough story. You say, oh, that's got to be proven. How can a man be in the belly? You know, da-da-da. You know, so some people see this as a very fishy story um, that is, you know, kind of hard to believe. But, you know, let's just take this journey together and let's just see what the Holy Spirit speaks to us, all right? Let's see what the Holy Spirit says. So we won't, we won't judge it whether it's true or, you know, or with the questions that we have to say, Lord, speak to me through this message. Chapter 1. Verse 1, the word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Now, Jonah, Jonah's name means dove, and Amittai means my truth. Okay, God used the prophets to speak the truth, and Jonah was a prophet to Israel. So God used prophets as his mouthpiece to speak to his people. Okay, so the word came to Jonah and Amittai, and this is what the word said to Jonah. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. All right. Jonah receives a word from God that says, arise and go. Arise and go to the great city, Nineveh. Nineveh was an enemy of Israel. Nineveh was a threat to Israel. Jonah hated Nineveh. They were mean, they were evil. So God is sending Jonah somewhere Jonah doesn't want to go. God gives him an assignment to go. Jonah's response, as we will see, God wants him to preach against. Now, anytime God is telling you to go and do something against, that means you're going against the norm. You're going to be telling them something that they don't want to hear, that you might get in a whole lot of trouble opening your mouth and saying it. You want me to go and, and preach against? What about go and preach for something? Why against? Well, Jonah realized that he was, going, he was going to be sent into a territory that was, was not going to be pleasant because of the history of the two nations. So God sent him not where he wanted to go. He sent him where he needed him to go. Okay? When God calls us into ministry or into work or into anything that he has given us a passion and a calling for, he's not calling it because you want to do it or because it's convenient for you or because it's comfortable for you. He's calling it because he needs you to go and fulfill this purpose. So Jonah, he could have said, well, why don't you, why don't you send Nahum? Why don't you send Joel or Amos? Why send me? Because this is what God has called Jonah for. His assignment was to go to Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before God. I had to look and say, what does that mean? Its wickedness has come up before God. It means that they are so wicked that God said, I need to take some action here. They have gotten so evil, so bad that I need to take action. And so this is what Jonah did. Jonah played a game of hide and seek with God. But Jonah ran away 
from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. Now, Tarshish is the total opposite way. Furthest west that you can go to get away from Nineveh. So <laughs> he said, oh, no, God, I know what you told me to do, but I'm going to go the opposite way. And you won't be able to find me because I'll be in Tarshish. And nobody can be found in Tarshish. Okay. So he goes down to the port, gets on a boat in Joppa that's headed to Tarshish. He pays the fare and he got on and he sailed to flee from the Lord. Okay. What was his purpose? To do what? Flee from the Lord. What did God tell him to do? Go and preach to Nineveh. Have you ever been there? Hmm? Are some of you there now? Huh? Some of you might have, some of you might have fleed here to Wisconsin. You should have stayed where you were. Where's my amen corner? You have to go where God sends you because God prepares your way. Jonah decided he would spend money. He would risk and get on the ship to flee God. And this is what I like. Then the Lord sent a great wind, a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God, little G, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. So Jonah's gone AWOL. He's gone absent without a leave. He's gone. He's abandoned his calling. He's deserted his assignment. And he's on the comforts of a ship sailing to Tarshish, as he thought. So God speaks to the wind and he says, wind, go stir up the sea. And if I could imagine if the sea and God could have a conversation, the sea might say, well, God, why? He said, because I'm chasing down Jonah. He's running from me. He's hiding. You know, he's running, but he, he can't hide. I'm going to seek for him. Aren't you glad that God chased you down? Aren't you glad? I, I was a runner. I didn't want to do a lot of things, but God's grace and his mercy chased me down. And here I am now, arrested by the Holy Spirit, serving him and loving it. So Jonah gets on the ship. What's the first thing that Jonah does? As the, the, the storm is coming, all the sailors are crying out to their gods. Jonah went below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep as though everything is A-OK. -okay. You know you're running from God. You're going to go down below deck and you're going to fall asleep. Thinking that when you wake up, it'll all be over. I'll be in Tarshish. Mm, not so. Look at the captain went and he said, how can you sleep? Get up. Call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us so that we will not perish. Sounds familiar. The scripture in Mark in the New Testament where Jesus was on the ship with his disciples and a storm came out. Jesus sent the storm and the storm came and the disciples got panicked and said, where is the master? And somebody said, well, he's asleep. Well, go wake him up. They woke him up and said, Jesus, don't you care that we perish? Basically, God wants us to know that even in a storm, God is in control. 
Even in the storms in your life, even when you're being disobedient, God is still in control. Because the storms that come to shake you up are sent by God, not to destroy you, to hurt you, but to get your attention. God will not force you to do what he wants you to do. He will not manipulate your will. We have a free choice, right? But God will work in things around you to get you to notice what he's saying. Hey, I call that God manipulation. Not manipulation, but God manipulation. Meaning he's not forcing you, but he's moving elements and things around you so that you get the message. He got in force, Jonah. He didn't hold him down the headlock and say, Jonah, say yes, say yes, say yes. No, he just sent a storm. He sent a great wind and he sent some sailors so that they would make sure that, that everything fell on Jonah so that Jonah could get right. So he wakes up. He goes. The sailors say to each other, come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots and the lot fell on who? <laughs> yeah, right, right. Fell on Jonah. God set Jonah up. He set him up. We knew that. Even before I read that, when I first read this scripture, I said, it's going to fall on Jonah. We know that, right? It fell on Jonah. So they asked him, tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What kind of work do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? And from what people are you? They are grilling him. Man, tell us, who are you? What are you doing? Where, who are your folks? Huh? What are you even doing on this ship? Tell us. Jonah answers, I'm a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven. Now, he's running from God. He's being disobedient to God, but he's proud. I'm a disobedient one, but I'm, I serve the Lord God of heaven. <laughs> I don't listen to a word he says, but I serve him. He's proud with his testimony, chest out and everything. I'm a Hebrew, and I serve the Lord God of heaven. Okay, Jonah. Mm. So they asked him. He answered. Then it terrified them. They said, what have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. So they knew it, but they still let him on the ship. Now, me, if you tell me that you're running from God, you're not getting in my car. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> Listen, go catch the bus, keep on walking, but you ain't getting in my car. You're going to tell me you're running from God? He's going to catch both of us. All right? I don't want to get in that. Don't get between God and someone else. You get squished. So, but they let him on anyway. So they knew he was running. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. So the sea did not calm down. So they asked him, what should we do to you? Not what should we do. What should we do to you? Now it's getting personal, right? What should, what should we do to you? Why are you picking on me? Huh? Yeah. What can we do to you that make the sea calm down for us? Sound like fighting words. What should we do to you? Jonah answers. Now, I wouldn't have answered, but Jonah answered this. Pick me up and throw me into the sea. 
That would not have been my answer. I would say, try your hardest to get back and I'll get off and I'll go about my business. I would not say, pick me up. But Jonah said, pick me up, throw me into the sea. And Jonah knew that Jonah was not ignorant concerning God's great grace and God's great mercy. He had a relationship with God. So he knew he had in the back of his mind that God was gracious. If he was giving Nineveh a chance, he, he knew that God would give him <clears throat> another chance. So throw me into the sea. And they replied, no. Instead, they tried to roll even harder back to the land. But, as, but they could not because the sea got even more wilder and rough. Then they cried out to the Lord, please, Lord, do not let us die for taking this man's life. What should we do to you? And then now they're repenting before they even do it. They're asking God to forgive them before they even do something. So, Lord, forgive us for taking this man's life. Don't hold us accountable for killing an innocent man. Wow. For you, Lord, have done as you please. A place of humility that we as Christians can really learn that it's not about us, it's not about our will, it's about God doing as it pleases God. Hmm. Jonah wasn't quite there yet, but these sailors who worship other gods, who are not worshipers of the living God, got it. They said, oh, no, do as it pleases you. We don't want to hurt this man or cause this man's death, but we are, so forgive us. And do as it pleases you. Because the storm would not stop because God was after Jonah. So they took Jonah and threw him overboard. And the raging sea grew calm. It grew calm. Get in obedience to God. Just Stop in your tracks and stop running from God. You think your life is havoc and things are in an uproar around you? Stop running from your assignment and watch things grow calmer around you. I'm not saying you're not going to have struggles because struggles are about life, right? Whether you serve God or not, you're going to have struggles. But there are some things in your life that you're struggling that are havoc in your life that shouldn't be, but it's because you're running from where God is calling you to go. Stop running from God. Embrace your assignment. You can run, but you can't hide. Jonah thought he got away, but God went after him. There had to be a sacrifice, and it said the sea grew calm. I didn't pay attention to that at first, the first two times I talked about this this weekend. But it didn't say that the, the, the sea became calm just like that, but it grew calm, meaning they felt the calmness as they threw Jonah over. As soon as they got rid of the baggage that was causing havoc in their lives, things began to calm down. 
when you are in the wrong place, maybe you're on a committee, maybe you're in a, in a ministry, maybe you're in a small group <laughs> that you shouldn't be in, and God is calling you to be in a different one because that's where he needs you, and you're causing all kind of havoc with other, the people that are around you because you're in the wrong place. Take an inventory. Are you running from God? Are you doing what's convenient for you? Are you doing what you want to do? I'm part of this group because it meets down the block. But God is saying, I want you across town because that's where I need you. Oh, no, Lord, this is convenient for me. I can walk there. But that's not what God's called you to do. Can I get some amens over here? Amen. All right. I just like the amens just know you're hearing me. It's not an ego thing, really. Just I want to know you're with me. So Jonah now is in a pickle. Okay, the sailors are in a pickle also. So they say, we're going to throw this guy. Forgive us. Forgive us, God, for doing it, for this man dying. Because they didn't know what God was going to do. They just said, Lord, do as it please you. If he dies, if he drowns, he drowns. Because he shouldn't have been running in the first place. So they throw him over. The sea calms. And the sailors, the men began to offer a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. Now, I don't know what their vows were, but they made a sacrifice. So what God did was took an enemy, took a, took a people or a group of men, sailors, who worshiped other gods, who were not followers of God, who didn't even love God. And through this experience of Jonah, God turned their lives around. So even in the midst of your disobedience, God can still, still save others from casualties. God can still, God, now the whole thing was about Jonah, but in the midst of God chasing Jonah down, he saw lost men and he wanted those men to be saved. Isn't God great? Oh, you might not care about your enemies. You might not care about those who treat you bad, but I'll tell you, God cares about them. And God will love them. So, boom, splash. Jonah's in the water. Go, go, go. God prepared a great fish. He spoke to the fish. And he said, fish, just like he spoke to the sea. He said, fish, I want you to do. There's going to be a little man coming down in the water. I want you to swallow him up. I don't want you to chew him. I don't want you to bite him. I don't want you to hurt him. I just want you to swallow him. Some of us, life has swallowed us. We've had it up here. Life has swallowed us. Hey, it didn't eat you up. It didn't destroy you because God's not trying to destroy you. God just wants to hold you so he can get your attention. God just wants you to spend some time in the belly so he can get your attention. Well, Lord, I'm tired of being in the belly. I want to live. I want to prosper in life. I want to do good in life. Then get in obedience. Repent. Get right. Get in the place where you're supposed to be. Tell God, Lord, I'm sorry, whatever it is, God, if I'm running from you, then you come to your senses, your heart. Give it to God. Because the belly is not a fun place to be. Jonah was surrounded by seaweed and bubbles and probably little, other little fish and things like that. And he came to a senses. You can read the rest of the story. I'm not going to focus on that so much right now. But Jonah was swallowed by the fish. Now, 
Jeremiah 23, in Jonah's little hide-and-seek thing, Jeremiah 23, 24 tells us, Who can hide in the secret places so that I cannot see them, declares the Lord. Do not I fill heaven and earth, declares the Lord. God sees. He sees heaven and earth. He sees it all. He fills it all, and he sees it all. The three days and three nights that Jonah spent in the belly of the fish is just like Jonah, um, Jesus, when he spent it, um, Mark, uh, St. Mark, chapter uh, 12. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of a huge fish, so the Son of Man will be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jonah had a great message, but a greater one then Jonah is here. And his name is Jesus. Jesus. And he's coming for us, for you who are not followers. He loves you. Regardless of what you've done and where you've been, who you are, who your folks are, what country you're from, he loves you. He loves you. And his grace transcends, his peace transcends all understanding so now Jonah he has his assignment he goes AWOL God prepares for Jonah's missteps okay God is still in control okay Jonah's not in control God is in control God sees everything where Jonah's going God prepares before he gets there Jonah suffers the consequences God's grace is great but because, just because God generously gives grace doesn't mean there won't be consequences for your actions. Right? If I, I'm, a, I'm a believer, I'm a follower of Jesus. If I go down to the bank and rob it and get caught and say, Lord, forgive me. I'm so sorry I robbed this bank. Does that mean that I'm not going to go to jail? No, God's grace, he'll forgive me. But I'll still have consequences for what I've done. His grace doesn't mean wipe everything away. You never did it. You won't, have, you won't go through it. No, Jonah went through it because of his disobedience. But God said, it's not going to destroy you. God gave him a second chance. After he came to his senses. So as Jonah went and God called, God saved, God prepared the city of Nineveh to receive the message. God even prepared them to receive the message. And then Jonah went and he preached it. And God delivered them. And in Jonah's hiding, Psalms 139, 7 through 10, says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. This is what God did for Jonah. His right hand held him fast, guided him. Jonah was not alone through his turmoil God was with him 
So as we look at this, what do we learn? What do we learn about Jonah? Jonah was a man full of hatred, disdain, anger. He did not like Nineveh, the Assyrians. They were enemies. Jonah thought running from God would be the best way. He unwillingly prophesied to a wicked place and was disappointed at the good results. How do you do that? How do you get disappointed when God saves someone? How do you get disappointed when God saves the bully that took your lunch money and pushed you around the playground? How do you get disappointed by that? How do you not rejoice on that? He deserved it. That's what he gets. No. What have we got what we deserved? What do we learn about Jonah? What do we learn about ourselves? Where's God sending you to speak to a person or to a people that you don't want to? Where is God sending you? To a people that look different, dress different, smell different, talk different? A missions trip that you said you'd never go? I told myself I'd never go to Haiti. God said, yes, you will. I told myself I never, I never had an interest to go to Israel. For what? God said, but you're going. Okay? So don't, don't tell God what you don't want to do. Tell God what you want to do, meaning I'll do your will. I'll do what pleases you, God, not what pleases me. What do we learn about Nineveh? Nineveh was evil, cruel. They were idolatrous, careless, full of liars. They also were wicked. A lot of power, a lot of prestige, a lot of wealth. But they were people who were lost. They opened their hearts to receive God's message. So don't count people out to accept the good news that Jesus gives you to give. If God said it, spread it. If you care, share. It's not your choice to keep the good news. I mean, it's your choice to listen. You, God's not going to make you do it. But this message is all about Christ. It's not about you. What do we learn about the sailors? They were innocent bystanders going about their own happy, lucky business, just doing what they do. Jonah interfered, disrupted their life. And with that, God came, but God saved them. God cares about every lost person no matter how evil or mean they are or they have been, don't forget God loves them just the same. What do we learn about? What else do we learn about the people? In the midst of God chasing Jonah down, there could have been more casualties, but God saved them. What do we learn about God? He's most high. He's omnipotent. He's omnipresent. He's omniscient. He's king. He's great. 
He has big eyes. He can see everything. He's preserver. He's protector. He's full of grace. He's full of mercy. He looks beyond faults and sees needs. He's a big God who loves hard. Hallelujah. He's a God worthy to be saved. He's a God worthy to be praised, worthy to be worshiped. He's a God that's worthy for you to lift your hands and say, hallelujah, blessed be the God of salvation. He's worthy of that. He's a God that looks beyond your faults. He's a God that gave you a second, a third, a fourth, a fifth, a tenth chance. He's a God that chases you down. Hallelujah. I love the lyrics of the song, Reckless Love. There's no shadow he won't light up. Mountain he won't climb up. Coming after me. There's no wall he won't kick down. Lie he won't tear down. Coming after me. And I put two more verses in there. There's no storm he won't send down or ship he won't slow down coming after me that no matter what gets in the way he's coming after me his love chases us down you're going to get tired before he does <laughs> hallelujah he loves us unconditionally and he loves us forever thank you Jesus for your great love thank you God for your great grace Hallelujah, that saved me, that gave me a chance after chance after chance when I ran as hard as I could. But you were right there. Because as the scripture says, I could not hide from you. You saw me everywhere I was, tucked in my little bed, tucked in my self-pity, tucked in my own pain, tucked in my past hurts, mad at the world. You saw me. You saw me, just like you saw Nathaniel under the tree. You saw me. So thank you, Jesus, for chasing me down. Thank you, God. So here we see Jesus, the great I am, the great Savior, God's work in Nineveh, as Door Creek's mission is all about. There were lives transformed. A city was renewed. And because of God's message, a world has been changed. Hallelujah. A world has been changed. So get in obedience and watch the world change around you. Watch family, friends, foes change around, around you. Because believe you me, you can be tossed overboard too. Thank God, there's a fish. There's a fish ready to swallow you up, to hold you, not destroy you, to hold you until you come to a place of repentance. So to the believers, I say, commit yourself to the not my will, but your will be done. Trust God to assign you to what he has equipped you for. He's not going to assign you for something he hasn't equipped you for. Well, trust him. Embrace your assignment. Stop running. Running from your assignment will not change his mind. 
will not change his will. God's grace, don't you feel it coming after you? To the unbelievers, who has God sent to you to share his gospel message? God's love is unconditional and can and will look beyond all your issues and faults and forgive you. And God's offer for you to follow Jesus is still on the table. He has not withdrawn his offer. Will you follow Jesus Christ? If you're here this morning, I'm going to ask Adam to come. And he's going to, after I pray, he's going to do a little bit of reckless love. Because I think we just need to hear that. Don't you think? So if you're here this morning, I'm going to pray and ask you to repeat after me. You can say it out loud or you can just say it in your heart. God will hear it. Just repeat this prayer. Dear Lord, I confess I'm a sinner. Forgive me for all my sins. Jesus Christ is the Son of God. He died for my sins. He rose for my life. Today, by grace, through faith, I am saved, a follower of Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name, amen.